All right. Welcome back to the String Bean Podcast. My name is Kyle Gibbs. I'm 19. I'm a sophomore at UC San Diego. I guess a better term might be second year because might try to graduate early. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. Not important right now. Um, yeah, 19, second year UCSD. I'm on the track team. Um, a bio major, human bio, switching. Wow, there's a lot to cover here. And there's people screaming outside right now. I don't know what they're screaming for. I don't know if you can hear that. I hope you can't because that would be distracting. Um, anyway, yeah. So I always say I'm a bio major, but that's technically not true yet because right now I'm human development and I'm switching to human bio this quarter. So I'll keep you guys updated with that. Anyway. Um, on a pre-PA track, which basically just means I'm taking the prerequisites and getting the experience necessary to go to PA school after I graduate. Um, in a PA, it is a physician assistant. They're between like a nurse and a doctor, uh, kind of on the same level as uh, an NP, a nurse practitioner. Anyway, I'll talk about that in a different episode, probably. Um, this one is going to be more academic focused. I guess it's along the same kind of lines and it might go into that, the PA stuff a little bit, but I'm not intending to. Um, real quick, just want to let you guys know, I got COVID. Yep, I tested positive last night and you probably hear my voice like being gross and congested and tired and all those things would be accurate as to how I'm feeling. <clears throat> But it's not too bad. Like, it's, it's pretty mild. And it's fine. It's okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. So, I don't know how I got it. I think I have a pretty good idea. Um, I'm an RA at my school. And a bunch of my residents were getting it. And we all live in one building. So it's kind of, yeah. I feel like that's, that's not super hard to figure out. <laughs> um, anyway. So I'm taking five classes right now, and two of them are chemistry, one is bio, one is psych, and one is linguistics. And this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about what chemistry stuff we're doing right now. <clears throat> it's thermodynamics. Woo, some cool stuff. Fun fact, I used to hate thermo in high school when I took chem. I didn't like it, but I also missed, I think, quite a bit of that. Um, section because uh, with track and everything I would leave school early for meets a lot of the time and that class was like my sixth period so I missed that class a bit <clears throat> but I still really liked it and that's an interesting point to bring up because in high school I loved chemistry almost to the point where like I was going to major in chemistry when I got to college and I didn't I'm glad I didn't because when I started taking chem in college, it was online and I hated it all the way up until like this week. This is the end of week one. This is Saturday, January 8th. We started on January 3rd on Monday. Um, and I thought I was going to hate chem again because the last 
two quarters of chem that I've taken, I just despised it. They were the worst. I hated chem so much. But now, I think for a variety of reasons, partially because it's not asynchronous, like I'm actually interacting with my professor, even though it is through Zoom. It's not just a recorded video of a lecture two years ago. That's a lot more enjoyable. Uh, my professor, I think I like his teaching style more. And the way he assigns homework is just, it makes more sense to me to get it done. Um, so yeah, I mean, that plus the content itself being generally interesting to me makes it a lot better, in my opinion. I'm digging it now, which, heck yeah, sorry if that was loud. Um, heck yeah, I've been trying to get back to the point of like enjoying chemistry again for a really long time, and I just couldn't do it. I probably could have, but I didn't do it. Um, and now I'm starting to like it. And that makes me excited because I have a lot more chem to do before I'm done. I have this class, I have my other chem class that's supposed to be really hard, and then all of OCHEM, which is like two or three regular classes and then a lab. I don't know if I need to do a third one. I don't know, I might. So potentially still a lot of chem left to do. So the fact that I'm enjoying it more now is a good sign. <clears throat> anyway, so thermodynamics is something we've, I think most people have heard of, maybe don't know exactly what it is, but I've probably heard of it. It's kind of the study of the transfer of heat from one thing to another, heat and energy and stuff, <clears throat> which is, I feel like less of a chemistry thing and more of a physics thing in itself but it's directly applicable to chemistry that's a lot of the problems we solve is energy stuff um and heat stuff specifically so thermodynamics is very necessary for understanding chemistry um in case you were interested and curious oh so yeah what we're doing right now has been talking about enthalpy and entropy and I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna kind of gonna get into those that was a hard sentence to say um, but before that I kind of want to go into some of the basics some foundational kind of stuff um, and if you hear this kind of sound is I have my notebook out so I can you know give you accurate information from things that I wrote down. <clears throat> so, first things first, thermodynamics. We already kind of went over that. Transfer of heat. Um, the question that we're trying to answer right now is, we being uh, like my class, is whether a reaction is spontaneous or not. And that basically just means, does it need energy to start like does it need a kickstart kind of motivation to start the, the reaction that's a lot of starts in one sentence uh, but yeah does it need like a, a boost to kick things off <clears throat> and spontaneous reactions happen without that energy kickoff and yeah so energy I think most people know what that is, but in a, in a quantitative sense, we measure energy as uh, Q and W, Q being heat and W being work. So that's what energy is in this context. Um, 
in the first law of thermodynamics that I think, Jesus, screaming, man. I'm going to be surprised if you can't hear that. I'm very curious as to what's going on right now outside. But I mean, they stopped, so... <clears throat> anyway, first law of thermodynamics is that mass energy can't be created or destroyed, but transferred. So you might be thinking, what the heck is mass energy? I, th I thought those things were two different things. And it's not, actually. Kind of. They're different, like, subheadings of the same heading. Mass energy is called mass energy because mass and energy are interchangeable in terms of, like, they can be transformed into each other. That's what E equals mc squared is, where energy is on one side and mass is on the other, and there's an equal sign in between them. So there's a, a way to convert them into each other. And it's hard, uh, but it happens all the time throughout the universe. So that's why we say mass energy, by the way. In case you're curious, I thought that was really cool when I found that out. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's what the first law is, and that's important because I'll get into it, but basically it means that the amount of energy and the amount of mass, the amount of mass energy as a whole doesn't change. Like they can transfer in and out of each other, but ultimately like the, the amount of that stuff doesn't change. It can't be created, it can't be destroyed. It can be transferred from energy to mass and vice versa, but not destroyed, so, or created. So there we go. <clears throat> now moving on, um, Another foundational thing we need to understand is what the system is, what the surroundings are, and the universe. So, the system that I'm talking about, system is just a word, you know what that is. The context that I'm applying it is the system is the reaction that we're looking at. So, think about a very common reaction is like photosynthesis. I'm not going to get into that because we don't need to, but that's like a chemical reaction. And... That would be the system, the surroundings, is everything else. So literally every single other thing that's not that reaction is the surroundings. <clears throat> because the system and the surroundings add up to the entire universe. So if we know the universe is the big goal, that's on one side of the equal sign. And then on the other side, we have system and surroundings. When you look at one of them, to create the, to make the equation work, the other one has to be everything else. So if we're looking at the system being the reaction, the surroundings, remember we're adding up to the universe, is everything that's not that reaction. So that's kind of important to know also. And the energy of the system is the um, sum of all the energies inside the system. So. An example of that would be, again, uh, like photosynthesis or something. All of the reactants, which is um, carbon dioxide and water, turns into uh, glucose, right? So, hang on. <clears throat> yeah, so, or what other kind of sugar it is. So that's just the general idea. So basically the entire energy of the system, or the change in energy is the sum of all of the reactants and all the products. So, um, yeah. And then the same thing goes for the surroundings. It's the energy of the surroundings is the sum of all the energies in the surroundings. I hope that kind of makes sense. And then the universe 
the energy of the universe is the energy of the system plus the energy of the surroundings. And that, that's just, you know, that's an important thing to understand also. <clears throat> so again, if we're looking at what energy is, when we say the energy of a system, and we already defined energy as Q plus W, then we can say the energy of the universe is equal to the Q plus W of the system plus the Q plus W of the surroundings. Okay. All right. I think that's not too hard. It's easier if you write it out. Um, and then we can use that equation to make another one, which is the Q plus W of the system is equal to negative Q plus W of the surroundings and vice versa. So, putting that in context basically means if we know one, we can find the other very easily. <clears throat> and if we know both of them, then we can find the energy of the universe, which is a really cool thing to know. And uh, I'll get into why we need to know that in a second. <clears throat> but before we get there, let's go into what enthalpy is. So we know what heat is, right? It's a, it's a measure of kinetic energy. Well, if you didn't know that, now you do. It's a measure of kinetic energy of uh, the atoms and molecules and stuff. And I don't know if it's like the actual protons themselves and neutrons and stuff. It's a, it's a measure of the kinetic energy of that. But heat is a kinetic energy. That doesn't really matter. Enthalpy is heat at constant pressure. So enthalpy is, is just kind of like a more complex version of heat. So if you start getting confused a little bit later on when we start talking about enthalpy in context, um, just remember enthalpy is basically heat. There's just a constant pressure there. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So why do we want to know the... Set the energy and stuff of the universe is because we can determine if um, a reaction is spontaneous or not. If we know the entropy of the universe increases when the reaction starts or when the reaction goes through. Entropy is a little bit more confusing than enthalpy. Enthalpy again is uh, heat at constant pressure. Entropy has a few different um, like definitions one is more scientifically accurate but requires a little bit more knowledge and the other one is less accurate but pretty easy to understand so let's go with the easier one first it's um, a measure of disorder or freedom of motion of something <clears throat> so an example of disorder versus order is like if you have a coffee mug and then you drop it and it breaks when it shatters. The shattered state of that coffee mug, oh, there goes my notebook, is has higher entropy because it's it's more disordered, it's less ordered. Versus the non-broken one has less entropy because it's more ordered and less disordered. So keeping that kind of idea in mind when we go into the more difficult definition is a measure of the number of microstates. So, microstates is just the properties of something on the atomic level. 
and there can be a bunch of different kinds like vibrations and stuff like that um and i think like rotational energy and stuff like that too but i actually don't really know i know that entropy is the measure of microstates the number of microstates and the more microstates you have the more entropy you have and the less microstates you have the less entropy you have so in the context of an atom if you look at the periodic table and you pick a, a column like for example the halogens which is just one of the types of atoms on the periodic table and it's it takes up a specific column there the further down you go that basically just means the more stuff there is per atom there's more protons neutrons probably and more electrons <clears throat> and again if we're looking at microstates as the amount of, or like the properties of an atom, the more stuff there is, the more properties there will be. So the more complex an atom or molecule or something is, the more entropy it has compared to that thing being less complex. So the reason we use like a specific column is because they have very similar traits. They have the same number of electrons in their valence shell and stuff like that. <clears throat> And, I mean, if, if you've done chemistry before, you'll know what I'm talking about. But if not, like, don't worry. It Basically, the point is, the more stuff there is, the more complex something is, the more entropy it has. Cool. So, keeping that in mind, um, the second law of thermodynamics basically is saying that the entropy of the universe is always increasing. Because it's expanding and stuff like that. I think, I, I don't really know the laws too well. But that's my understanding. Um, I'm going to check really quick. Yeah, so it's basically the, the entropy <clears throat> of the universe is always greater than zero. So it's always increasing. So that's another reason why we want to know, going back to a few minutes ago, um, the like stuff, the qualities of the universe is because if we know that entropy is increasing then that's in line with the second law, um, which basically translates over to this reaction being spontaneous, which is cool to know. <clears throat> so, going back to what I was talking about um, and kind of putting everything together is if a reaction's total like change in entropy is greater than zero, then we know that it's spontaneous. And we can only know that, at least right now, from the level of uh, knowledge and stuff that I have, I can only know that with entropy. And there's there might be more ways to figure out if you go like higher up into chemistry and physics and stuff. But the way the amount of knowledge I have right now is entropy increasing means that a reaction is spontaneous. So, cool. <clears throat> And increasing just means greater than zero, which just means positive. If it's a positive number, cool. Entropy is increasing, and it's in line with the second law of thermodynamics, which basically means that reaction at whatever temperature it's at is spontaneous. <clears throat> it doesn't require that kickstart to go for it. <sighs> okay. So then, kind of what we've been doing in class, I don't think this is 
like academic integrity violation kind of thing, just talking about what we've been doing. I'm not going to like go through specific examples or like homework questions or anything like that, just the topics. Um, we've done, or we've like learned the equations and stuff that you need to know to figure all that stuff out because it's all kind of one big picture. The way you find entropy of the universe is you need the entropy of the surroundings and of the system and the way you find the entropy of the surroundings is using the enthalpy uh, and the temperature from the end and like the way you find that I think is you need to know oh no never mind <clears throat> it's not quite that cascade effect it's it, I mean up to what I've said so far is true like the change in enthalpy of the universe you find using the um, surroundings and system and you find the change in enthalpy of the surroundings using the enthalpy of the uh, system and surroundings basically with uh, it's, it's actually just the system it's not the surroundings because you can't really look at every single thing in the universe other than the reaction. Like if you're looking at the surroundings, that just means everything else, and there's not really a, a way to measure that, obviously. Like, I don't know what's going on on Mars right now, let alone, like, outside of the observable universe. So, yeah, you find the uh, enthalpy, change in enthalpy of a, of a reaction or of a system by using the products and reactants. Um, and then you also need to find the change in entropy of a system in order to find the change in entropy of the universe to decide if that system, if that reaction is spontaneous or not. That was a lot really quick there. So I'm going to kind of recap that slower and more in order so you can digest it because that was too much to figure out if you've never done this before. <clears throat> Basically, entropy is the number of microstates something has. The more complex it is, the more entropy it has. Cool. Enthalpy is heat at constant pressure. And you can find the change in entropy, the change in disorder or microstates of the universe using the change in entropy of the surroundings and of the system, which is the reaction you're looking at. <clears throat> and the reason you want to find the change in entropy of the universe is because you can determine if that system, if that reaction is spontaneous or not, if it needs energy to kick off, to start the start going um, at a constant or at whatever temperature. So to figure all that out, you find the change in entropy of the system using the change in entropy of the products and the reactants because products minus reactants is like the overall change, if that kind of makes sense. Then you use that same concept to find the enthalpy of the system, you know, enthalpy of the products minus the enthalpy of the, of the reactants is the uh, enthalpy of the system, and then you use the enthalpy of the system to find the entropy of the surroundings and the temperature. So, or you use the temperature and the enthalpy of the system to find the entropy, 
change in entropy of the surroundings. So at that point, you know what the change in entropy of the system is and the change in entropy of the surroundings because that's what you need to find the change in entropy of the universe. It's a little complex. When you write it out, it's really not so bad. It's like three equations or four equations. Technically three because one of them is the same, just with a different set of numbers. <clears throat> but again, once you find the change in entropy of the universe, then you know if that reaction is spontaneous or not at whatever temperature you're using. And the reason I say it matters which temperature you're using is because the change in entropy of the surroundings, again, is you use the temperature that this reaction is taking place at to find out the number, which then correlates to the change in entropy of the universe. So that's a lot. It's a lot, but it's not super complex, and it tickles my brain just right, which is a weird phrase, but I'm going to run with it because I feel like that was accurate. <laughs> I like it, and I don't know why, because I used to hate thermodynamics, but this stuff, I find it interesting. It's not super useful for like my daily life or anything like that, but neither is just about anything else I do with my time. So, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, that's kind of the gist of so far what I've been studying with uh, this one class at least. And again, like I'm not, I wouldn't consider this like a academic integrity thing because I'm not cheating or anything like that like this isn't affecting anybody else's scores i don't think it's not affecting my scores it's just something i find interesting um yeah so that that is something that i'm kind of concerned about so i don't know but the way that i'm looking at it is that it's fine because it's just a cool thing that i learned about in school so anyway <clears throat> Beyond that, I guess I'll talk a little bit about what kind of my plans are for the next few years before PA school and all that. Um, I can make a full episode about this because it's super, there's a lot to talk about. Um, but for now, it is something that I'm thinking about because if I do decide to try to graduate next year, then that puts me a year ahead and I need to like think about what schools I'm going to apply to and all that stuff. So Kind of just starting from the beginning, um, I've always known that science and medicine or something in that kind of field was what I wanted to go into if I wasn't going to be a professional athlete. <clears throat> and as I've grown and been experiencing stuff and learning things, um, even if I did become a professional athlete, I would still want to be at least in the scientific field, but ideally in the medical field. Um, I pretty sure I've talked about this before, but I did EMT school last year and got my EMT license and I haven't worked on an ambulance yet, but I did work a couple football games as like a field medic and that was super fun. And you know, it sucks seeing people get hurt, but it's going to happen and I would rather, you know, be able to help them than to just kind of ignore it. Uh, and I, I do find it really fun, like not that people are getting hurt, but that I can help them to recover so that I think that's cool um and yeah so that's that's 
a big part of my experience is with sports in general. Like people get hurt. I played football for a super long time. I got hurt so many times. My friends got hurt so many times. And like seeing people get injured and then recover from that was always super fascinating to me. Even like myself, like my hands and stuff being messed up from playing football, watching them kind of like getting my fingers unjammed and like taping them up. And so I was like, why does that help? And it just, it was always interesting to me. And then in high school, I started doing sports med and it was like, I could satisfy that curiosity with knowledge. And then now as an EMT, like I just, yeah, it's pretty cool stuff. So that's kind of the foundation of like my interest in it. And then uh, the reason why I want to go into the medical field instead of just science in general is partially, there's, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them was that um, I did a fire explorer program my junior year of high school. I think, yeah, summer before my senior year of high school. So a few years ago now. And uh, the person that organized that fire explorers program his name was dean hale and he's really cool i only interact with him a few times but when i did he was really helpful he helped me learn cpr and that was really cool um but he had lung cancer and a few months after my uh, fire explorer program ended he ended up dying and that was really sad but uh, i didn't really know him all that well so i went to the funeral service thing and it was crazy. There was, like, everyone there. So many fire apparatuses from all over the state. And I think even some from, like, Arizona came out. And uh, it was just, it was crazy. And it was at my local church. And it was just full of all these firefighters and cops and first responders and everything. And I was like, dang, this one guy had such an impact. And uh, they started talking about his life, started telling us his whole life story. And I saw a lot of similarities um, at least in like our interests and our sports background and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. So then hearing about his desire to save people's lives, I was like, dude, that's what I'm interested, but on the most dramatic scale there is like, yeah, I'm interested in, in helping people recover, but beyond that, like people who are about to die and then making them not like, die that's super cool um so that was like a huge kind of wake up moment it's like whoa yeah that's what i want to do with my life that's yep i want to do that and i was uh still like super interested in the fire department my dad's a firefighter for la city so that's super cool i grew up like in a fire family that's just the surroundings that i grew up with um and then i was thinking about it praying about it and stuff and i think that the combination of my desire to help people and save lives combined with the more scientific interests I have, the medical field is more along the lines of what I'm interested in compared to just like emergency medicine where it's more like uh, emergency kind of stuff where it's, it's less like the science behind the treatments. Like, of course, if you're a paramedic, you need to know the pathophysiology and the medications and stuff like that. Like, that's really cool. No disrespect to uh, the knowledge that paramedics have. But for me, being super interested in science and kind of being that weird guy who actually likes chemistry and biology and not the kid who just kind of 
takes those classes because he has to, I feel like that more aligns with the medical field, specifically like in the hospitals and doing research and stuff like that, compared to uh, firefighting and paramedic kind of things. Although both are really cool. Like I'm not writing one off, but um, just, you know, hospital medicine kind of piques my interest a little bit more. And also I think that the impact that I could have in terms of like patient care would be more dramatic, I guess, more um, saturated in like hospital kind of medicine versus emergency medicine where you're with your patient for 10 minutes, where like in the hospital, you're kind of continuing that care and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's more interesting to me. Anyway, so that's like kind of why I want to go to PA school because all of that interest and that desire to help people and do like science and stuff combined with the fact that I also want my own life outside of work like being a doctor would be possible but I mean I feel like they don't really have as much time as I would want especially because I eventually want kids and stuff like that and want to like you know, stay active and go rock climbing and go on trips and stuff. I, I don't know. I don't have very many doctor friends, so I don't have, like, direct experience with what their life is like. Um, and to be fair, I don't have direct experience with what a PA's life is like compared to a doctor. But after doing research and stuff, being a PA is more along the lines of what I want because, I mean, one, I want the time, whether that's, you know, the schooling itself or, you know, just the general lifestyle. And two, um, I don't really have a huge desire to make a ton, a ton of money. Like, obviously, if someone was like, hey, do you want to make $300,000 a year and you don't have to do anything? Of course, I would say yes. Like, who wouldn't? But, like, that's not the driving factor for me. And I don't think that it would be worth it um, in the long run because I want, like, I want the time... (laughs) with my family and and for myself and everything. Um, And I also don't really need to be like the top of the food chain. I'm cool with working in a team. I prefer working in a team. And whether I'm like the the guy who gets the final say or not, I don't really care. Um, I'm fine with leading. I want responsibility and I want specialized knowledge and I want to be really good at something. But that's I don't have to be the guy in charge like that's not my personality type I just want to do the work um like for example playing football for 10 years or 11 years whatever it was I was like backup quarterback but starting receiver so that's for football people you'll kind of get that reference like the quarterback leads the team he's like he gets the ball first technically the center has the ball first but like you know, he's the guy that throws it. He's the team captain. And I'm fine with that. Like, I played backup quarterback, and I was fine with that. But I preferred being a receiver. I mean, that was also my better skill set. But, um, yeah, like, you get you have responsibility. Like, your job is either to catch the ball and score or block for someone else or whatever. Like, you have responsibility still. It's just different. And I'm cool with either one, but I think generally... I don't require all of the attention and all of, you know, the management position kind of stuff. So, 
all of that combined, I feel like adds up better to a PA versus a doctor. Um, and also better for a PA versus a firefighter, paramedic kind of thing. So that's kind of my reasoning for that. And the way that you become a PA is similar to how you'd become a doctor. You'd get your undergrad degree, your bachelor's, and it doesn't really matter what degree you get as long as you get the prereqs and the experience. Um, Just your biology, your physics, your chemistry, all of that stuff. Um, And then for doctors, it's more focused on the research aspect of it than the work experience, like the patient experience. And then for PA school, it's more about direct patient experience um, versus the research, although like all are good for everything. Then PA school is a bit shorter and there's no um, residency where med school, it's I think like a year longer depending on what PA school you're comparing it to and residency can be like three to seven years and then if you have to do fellowship beyond that it's like another year or two or more so it's just it's a longer commitment um for a different job it's it's not the same kind of thing there there's similar training and similar education but doctors are definitely more intensive and more um what's the word like universal, like they know more than a PA would. A PA knows the basics and can prescribe medications and order tests and stuff the same way. But when it comes to like a special case or like something that doesn't make sense, a doctor would be able to diagnose it better than a PA would, where theoretically a PA would be able to like handle the common cold better because that's what they were trained on. I mean, a doctor should still be able to handle a common cold, but, um, you know, they're more for more complex stuff um i don't really know how to articulate it like they're both high level training and education and reliability but they have different responsibilities different knowledge and all that kind of stuff anyway so yeah to be either one you get your undergrad stuff done all your classes all your experience all your research and then uh you apply and the timing of the application depends on what school um, you want to go to. And as far as I know, I don't think there's a huge difference for PA schools, which PA school you go to, um, as long as it's accredited. There's a bunch of different types of accreditation. Like, I, the most... Uh, reliable, the longest lasting is like continued I think where it's just like they they're continually approved for the accredit accreditation for like multiple years in a row and there's like the provisional which is like for new programs so that could be a little bit riskier could be a little bit more anxiety inducing um but I mean personally for me as long as it's accredited and it kind of matches up the criteria that I'm looking for which is like a PA school (laughs) and uh, I guess it's just more about the faculty and the training like I would be more interested in the people that I would be learning from and the program itself than just like the accreditation type as long as I could you know pass the 
pants exam and work without like any hiccups in the way like yeah cool um yeah so right now I, I haven't done a whole lot of research on which schools which I'm I need to start doing especially if I'm going to graduate next year um I've done some research on schools in California and right now I think my top choice would be Davis um but again like I haven't done a ton of research and I am interested in going out of state so I'll keep you guys updated with that but for now that's kind of it thank you for listening sorry my voice sounds kind of whack sorry for those people screaming outside if you could hear that um that was really weird actually <laughs> like I'm curious as to what was going on um yeah if you have any questions about the entropy and enthalpy kind of stuff if you're interested in that I obviously like talking about it. That's why I talked about it. Um, I think that's kind of it. So if you ever want to have a specific topic suggestion, you can just hit me up. My Instagram is official.tope. That's T-A-U-P-E. Um, it's French. It's an inside joke with my family. So I can talk about that someday maybe. <clears throat> but yeah, any topic suggestions are appreciated. Any support, you can Venmo me. Uh, Kyle Gibbs one that's my name followed by the number one and uh, yeah so hopefully with season three coming at some point uh, in the next few months probably I have my eye on some equipment and things like that um, and then I think we would probably be into like season four by the time I got an actual studio going depending on what the living situation next year would be, because I'm not going to be in Aria again. I didn't uh, submit my application, and I don't really want to be on campus again. So we'll see. I'll keep you guys updated with that, but that's more long-term. Um, I don't know when I'm going to start Season 3. I just kind of need to plan it, but it should be relatively soon. I think I might finish this uh, rotation, so... This was the academic episode, and then the next one will be athletic stuff, and the next one will be religion stuff, and the last one will be that weird category, the kind of anything goes, um, where I generally like tell stories about social interaction and stuff like that, <clears throat> or the go to New York or whatever. So once I finish that episode, then I think I might start season three, but I'll you know I'll keep you guys updated as that goes. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Let me know if you have any questions or whatever. Yeah.